This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, you guys, get your pen and your pads. We got some more game. This is game for especially those looking to get into a new field. I want you to go check out this brother's YouTube channel. Man, Ghost, you'll see him on Instagram. He's petting tigers. He's over here doing things <laughs> in the islands in the Caribbean. He's, you know, showing you Mexico. He's doing all of this from his trucking career. And when I say trucking, I'm talking about he has his own authority. He's going to explain all that, what that means for you that don't know. But Ghost, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, thank you. Man, thank, thank you for posting online and showing that um, trucking isn't just, you know, a whole bunch of fat guys, uh, you know, especially unfit guys, because if they go to your Instagram, Ghost, I don't know how he does it, but he stays on the road. I did trucking for a short time, Ghost, so I still have my CDL. So that's why when I know someone who makes it look good, I'm like, man, let's have him on and give the game. Tell us about your trucking career. Uh, let me see. I started back in 2012 with Warner, um, uh, the blue trucks. And, man, when I first got into the game, I really didn't know what angle I wanted to approach it at. It's like I knew I wanted to drive, but I really didn't know too much about the game. I wanted to own trucks, too, but I just didn't know, like, well, my biggest thing was how am I going to – I got to learn the truck, learn the industry before I can go out and buy it. I just don't want to buy something and then basically crash and burn. So I was there for about six months. Then I went to uh, night transportation because everybody was like, go local. That's where the money's at. So I went there, but I ended up still being over the road. And then I left um, night because I was like, I want to own my own truck. Like, I don't like this company stuff. It's not paying enough money. And I went to FedEx. <coughs> so I was at FedEx for about, uh, I would say about six months. And then I went over to, um, from FedEx, I tried getting a contract with him, but the contractor that was there, he like, I don't know, he was basically telling me that it would have been a conflict of interest. So he couldn't basically give me the keys to the game. So I got in good with the people in the office and they told me once I got my authority to come back and talk to them and they would give me basically a route. So I told him I'm going to hold on to him for that. And then I ended up going to UPS. And that's where I bought my first truck. Wow. From there, I, I paid uh, – my first truck was $30,000. It was a 2000 – I think it was a 06 Freightliner Columbia. And this – mind you, I live in California. I didn't know nothing about carb or anything. I just wanted a truck. So I went, put 10000 down, bought my first truck. Um, uh, at UPS and then I was solo for about 30 days then I teamed up with a guy that basically I knew from like it was like my uncle's friend and then it was like a friend of a friend I teamed up with him and we started teaming we teamed for 30 
days, and then I went and bought another truck. <clears throat> it was a 2007 Peterbilt. <clears throat> I think it was a um, I think it was a 387. It was like the round top ones. I bought that truck, and then I had two trucks. Basically, I put a, bro a brother, like two brothers, inside it. They were like blood brothers, two Mexican dudes that were brothers, and basically, I had two trucks on with UPS, and that's how I started building my fleet. Then I got hit with carb, and then I had to end up selling them because they weren't compliant for California. Sold them. Then I was like, well, let me really learn about this game because everybody was talking about low boards and stuff like that and having your authority. So I was like, let me lease on the Snyder because they have a low board. And that would teach me how to use a low board and what, like, basically what that type of trucking was all about. Because you got mileage trucking, and then you have percentage trucking. So I said, you know what, let me go over to Snyder so I can learn about the percentage game. So I went over there and I did their lease purchase for a year. And um, I ended up, I was about to take their truck off and put it under my authority, but I ended up going through a divorce. And then that's basically where I had to completely start over. So from there, started over, I ended up going company with UPS for about six months. Um saved up enough money to basically buy another truck that this time I bought it from the auction. And then to this day, I still have that truck. I uh, bought the truck, leased it on the interstate. I was with interstate for about a year and a half. And then I jumped under my own authority and it's been basically magic ever since. Man, you said, you said a lot and I hope folks took notes and those words that you guys don't understand, I want you to <laughs> Google them because all that information is there. So we're not going to spend all the time to educate you on what's Googleable, but with what you, 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 you know, going through that whole process, uh, would you advise others to, you know, it, it sounds like it was quick, but I know it was, it was real work and it was a process. Would you advise somebody who buys their first truck then to go get their own authority and then and get other drivers. Like what's the time range do you think that that should happen? Um, <clears throat> I think if they don't really know the game, they got to ask themselves, do they want to get paid by mileage or percentage? And they got to understand the difference between mileage pay and percentage, because if you get your own authority or you lease on to somebody with an authority, you're going to be paid a percentage of the load. So if you lease on one of these carriers that pay by the mile, it's a big difference in pay. So for instance, if you go 300 and we'll go 300 miles, if you're getting paid percentage, you can make $900 off that load. If you're getting paid mileage, you're getting paid by the mile. Say if they pay a dollar a mile, you're making 300 bucks. It's a huge difference. <laughs> so that's something to look at. And then uh, what I would advise um, just the way stuff is right now, I would lease on to a company for about a year. If you have no real experience in trucking, lease on to a company, like buy you a truck, lease it on to a company. Cause there's a difference between doing a lease purchase with a company and just buying a truck and leasing it on to a company. That's a huge difference. Um, put it on with that company, stay there about a year, learn the game. And then if you want to venture out with your own authority, you can do that. When it comes to adding drivers and adding trucks, say if you got your authority and you put your, you got one truck on, 
you have an authority. I would say go a year with just having that one truck under your authority, <clears throat> just because you're going to go through audits and all sorts of inspections. You don't want nothing to come back dirty. So go through that year and then add more trucks. And as you add more trucks, you got to understand your back office is going to make or break your company. So you want to make sure you got a solid back office, either somebody back there or you back there maintaining a back office because that's what's going to keep you basically compliant and in business. And you go in a lot about that back office and it sounds like at one point you were doing it all yourself and I'd be watching. I'm like, man, this brother's doing too much. He got 10 jobs doing it all himself. But what, as far as building out your team, um, what advice would you give the people to say, Hey, make sure you have a CPA or make sure you have this, this, and this, who do you need on your team to make this happen and have it be smooth? Um, I would say you need a good CPA for taxes and stuff like that. Uh, somebody to do your bookkeeping. If you don't have like a wife or somebody at home that can really <clears throat> get in the trenches with you and help you, then I would go and look for somebody that professionally that does it. Cause it's a lot, especially like for me, I got up to about six trucks. I think I was up to six or no, seven trucks. Yeah, I was up to seven trucks and I had little to no help. <clears throat> and that's what caused me basically to go under because all my paperwork started getting behind. My payroll was getting behind. Everything basically became a snowball effect <clears throat> to the point I had to start over myself and I had to park my trucks. Man, that's big. And brother, feel free, grab yourself something to drink. You see, see me, I try to keep the singing voice intact, but you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sick, so I gotta, uh, I'm like fighting a cold right now. Okay, okay, man. I'm uh, God, God bless. I, I know that you got that superhuman, um, strength, and it's, it's not what you know, a majority of the country is dealing with. <laughs> um, you know, too, too, too young and too, too healthy for that. Being in California, that's, that's great that you're, you're doing that. I tell you, I had, um, my, my truck and I had a little seven yard dump truck out of coming out of the oil field. Cause I wanted to do what I'm doing now. And yeah. I had the money to pay cash and, and do all that. But doing it in Texas, I felt a lot more secure, especially um, in Lubbock, than coming on the West Coast. People say, man, you know a lot about this trucking game. Why don't you come and get your own trucks? And it's on this West Coast. It's too many unicycles on the freeway and on the street. Uh, it's too many, you know, and that don't make any, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's too, it's too much, you know, going on where I just, I feel like in the South, it's a lot different. And it's like they're watching out for a truck. We're here. I'm serious. I mean, in Seattle, you can really catch a unicycle on the freeway or doing too much. And you're like, that's a unicycle. Um, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> so, so, so talk about like, um, cause you go all throughout this country. <coughs> Do you think that, you know, being in California, um, you know, with the laws being even harder, I think sometimes for business, does it make it harder or, or do you feel the opposite? Um, I think it's what you make it, to be honest. Being in Cali, it's not, we have a lot of strict and crazy laws, 
but at the same time, it's what you make it. So okay. it's like, being, since I've been there, what I know now, I guess from like, from back when I first became an owner up to what I know now, I would have never sold my trucks. Just knowing what I know now, I would have kept them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's just growing pains. But California is not that bad. You just got to, you have to live in California and have the right plugs to understand California and how to truck in California. Because it, it's a whole nother monster when it comes to trucking. Okay. And and so with all these buying of trucks, and I've I've seen you talk about it on YouTube, you like to own because somebody will hear this and they'll say, oh, somebody was going to give me a truck um, yesterday. Maybe I should just run out and go do it. Talk about the power of owning it and how you buy your stuff. And I want you guys, when he gives it, show, tells you to go on his page, because you can scroll down and, and see the different ways. And he's given the game on that. But just give him a taste of how you like to buy your trucks. I like buying auction trucks because they're cheap. But it's like, you got to know when to buy the auction trucks. Like the first, I would say four months of the year is the worst time to buy from the auction because it's tax time. So they're going to raise the price to damn near stupid high versus if you wait till like summer or the uh, fall, that's when the prices drop. So for me, I like buying trucks like in the fall, winter time, because that's when, you know, the rates are real low at the auction. But if you buy an auction truck, you're going to have to put money into it. But at the same time, you own the truck outright. So that's why I like it. Because at the end of the day, say if I got, like, I have a fleet of four trucks right now. I got two of them sitting and I have two on the road. At the end of the day, I have no payments on my trucks. So if my drivers decide to jump ship, my trucks can park. And the only thing I got to pay for is either insurance or the parking spots that they're parked in. And that's a lot cheaper than having a truck note plus insurance plus parking. So okay. that's why I like the auction. And then, I mean, yeah, they break down. But as long as you have a good mechanic and you understand the trucks, you won't have no issues. And, and what's the, um, as far as, you know, dealing with drivers, um, I, I've seen your experience on YouTube. And I mean, drivers are going to be drivers. Uh, people are going to be people, you know, H how do you find a good driver? Cause I mean, recently you had, you know, you having drivers, you know, running into stuff and I'm not going to lie. When I drove a bomb going down the road, I, I would just pray. Don't let me hit anything. Like my friend just told me he hit the Pepsi cup. Cause I'm in the oil field. And if I hit something, it's a little different than if he hits somebody, you know, hits something. It's always like a, a object, like a light hole or a fence in your case. But how do you find yeah. good drivers, responsible drivers? Honestly, they, they're hard to find. I mean, I've had good drivers that I thought were good, but they end up being the same way as the ones that were bad. So it's kind of like you just playing roulette. Man, kind of okay. got to take what you what you get and hope that you know this driver is good. I've had drivers that were really good, but found out they were selling fuel. So, <clears throat> wow. I mean, there was one hell of a driver, but the man was selling my fuel, and it's just like, wow, really? 
Wow, that that's you know that, that's all bad. And of course, when everyone wants to drive for you, they tell you how responsible. Everyone's great on a job interview. Um, yeah, and it, everybody tells you, "Oh, I'm this and I'm that," and oh man, it just seems like they all end up the same way. Is is picking a driver is like I like picking a spouse. You you I mean you got to do some extreme vetting. You talked about um, your divorce, and I saw the uh, young lady who I'm just going to assume was your wife while on the road. Um, how difficult is it to keep a relationship going? Because it seemed like you know she might have been with you for the majority of the time, or were you out on the road? <clears throat> Talk about being in a relationship or trying to have a relationship while you got to keep the truck wheels moving. I mean, it really depends on the woman, to be honest. It takes just a very mature woman. Because I mean, my ex-wife, she was mature to a certain extent, but she just. We had a lot going on outside of trucking that kind of shifted our relationship. It Trucking really didn't, I guess, mess it up. It was more of just, we had a lot of personal stuff on the outside that basically affected it. Like um, her mom dying and stuff like that. It's, it was a lot more than just trucking that basically ended that. And then my most recent relationship that was just, I don't know, that was just a very immature situation. So, okay, was that the one where you're, you're, you're on the jet skis? Uh, yeah, the jet skis and all the trips and stuff. Yeah, okay. that situation, once again, it's just maturity. Some people just they got to grow up, and you got to give them time to grow up. Okay. I mean, hey, it looked like a situation where you were having fun. You know, it's, it's a period in life where you're like, man, I just want to laugh. I just, let me just have some, I'm not even thinking about the future. Let me just laugh. <coughs> and you looked, um, you, you made it look good. That I think vacation, though, for a lot of my trucking friends that, you know, people I knew in the school or I met around the way, I, I don't see enough folks taking the type of vacations that you're taking. Besides you, I know um, my Ukrainian partner goes out, but uh, the country. But talk about how important that is to you because you're all day, you know, in the truck. So how important are your vacations? Man, I think vacations are a must when it comes to trucking because you're already gone for long periods of time, weeks at a time, months at a time. So for me, the reason why I take so many vacations, that's like my home time because I spend so much time on the road that I don't really get to go out like people do every weekend and stuff like that. So instead of going out every weekend and enjoying life like normal people do on the weekends, I just take vacations. I basically I work so hard and I make the money to where I can the same money I would spend going out every weekend, I could just take one trip somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's basically why I vacation so much. And then it's just, it's good for your relationship. It gives you a chance to just experience other things. Cause that was my life before I got into trucking. I love traveling. I love just seeing the, the world. Where's your favorite place so far? Uh, I think Jamaica. Okay. Yeah, that's one place that I will go to every month if I could. <laughs> well, 
and, and let me ask you because um, on on my show I focus a lot on Africa. I like Jamaica. I love Jamaica. Um, I got some roots in Jamaica. But have you done Africa yet? Anywhere in Africa? No, I actually want to go to Egypt. I want to go see the pyramids. Okay, okay. And that's like on my bucket list. That, and I want to go to um, Ghana. Okay, you know flights are cheap right now. You can find yeah, find a good deal. right now. Like I've been, I had, I was supposed to go on a cruise next month, but they canceled everything and sent me a voucher. So now I'm like, I thought about flying somewhere, but I'm scared that if I fly somewhere, they gonna uh, cut the board. The uh, they're gonna cut the um the reentry off to come back to the U.S. You know, that's funny because they, they at some point they got to let you in, right? Because your visa will end, but you may stay somewhere longer than you want to be, depending on where you go. But Africa hasn't been hit at, like everywhere else. And um, it's just interesting. But I, I see that the deals, I saw a deal because when we fly, it's, it's four of us. So when we fly, I'm always looking for a steal. And I saw, you know, going to Cameroon, where my wife is from, it's less than a thousand dollars right now. Now, yeah, yeah, I think they might cut the border off um, anytime soon uh, and not let us in or quarantine us. But you know, if she can find the time off, I tell her this computer can be packed up. <laughs> All this, let's go because I, I love being in Africa. The feeling that you got in Jamaica, you'll feel that times two in Africa because you'll say this is the start. If you ever talk to any Rastas in Jamaica that let you know Mother Africa, you know, um yeah. They want yeah, to go to Africa. I'm gonna have to try it out. I actually want to go on an African safari, like a real safari. I'm gonna send you something. Um I'm gonna send you something. So now because you said that we're gonna transfer into the YouTube because about five months ago with one of my YouTubers we took 30 people with his audience to Kenya. And, and, and we did that because people said, we want to go to Africa, but we don't want to go alone or we don't know anybody. And I just, again, you talking to Mr. Africa, every chance I get, let's go. Okay, let's, let's go. But um, I'm going to send you something on that. But you as a YouTuber, I mean, your, your audience is growing. I think that you really have <coughs> an influencer future to the point where like going to VidCon and stuff like that could only benefit you because you have the personality online to really, people are like, okay, and I could see you selling merch and I could see you doing, I know you're, you don't want to be the teacher per se, but you're teaching already. So you might as well create a course, but I saw that in you and you could bring your audience around the world with you using this um, travel agency female-owned, black-owned, world-views travel that we use that um, in all off disclosure, they're, they're, they're clients, but they're two former military ladies who became contractors who now take people all around the world, and that's what they do. Oh, wow. so, so you could do that even with your audience because, I mean, it's growing, um, and, and I see that. I see the, the spark. You know, they say the it factor. I see it in you. Yeah. And so don't don't shy away from that. Talk about what got you on YouTube and what is your purpose on YouTube? Uh, hold on one second. I got to uh -huh. get my paperwork.
Thank you. Oh, okay. All right, I'm back. All right. <clears throat> okay, so what was my purpose on YouTube and what got me on here? Uh, I actually, I've been on YouTube since, man, like, I would say 2007. Because I used to post, well, not on this channel. I have another channel that I used to post, like, videos that just, I would just make videos and just post them. And um, when I got into trucking, I told myself that I wanted to get into trucking and actually make, I guess, tell my story <clears throat> about, you know, just my life and just getting into this industry. I didn't know that, you know, it was going, I guess my channel was going to grow the way that it did because I just got on there just to drop videos and just show a little glimpse of, you know, my life and what I like doing. So I got on, I guess, YouTube because I liked it at the time. And then with trucking, I figured it's a good way to just keep me busy and keep me occupied while I'm on the road. Like on my downtime, I could just drop a video, talk about something, and I take a trip. I could post it too, and I don't know. I guess it just grew from there. Okay. Do you ever feel like the pressure of I have to create content or I'm going to do this for the audience? Uh, Sometimes I do. Like I want to make more videos, but I'd be so busy that like, I'd be, I, I forget. Like, I want to be like the them YouTubers that are dropping content every single day, but, I mean, it's just it's hard <laughs> when I got, like, so much going on. Maybe in the future, because I told myself I'm going to get off the truck by the end of the year, and I'm going to just put somebody in my trucks, and I'm going to just sit at home. Then I can be able to make more content. Okay. And don't shy away from you know, finding somebody, even if they're overseas, where you can just make the content, let them edit it up, and, you know, it, it's it's just putting money in, into it, and then they can um, send it back to you. YouTube actually has um, a process for some accounts um, now where others can upload for you without them being able to affect your whole account, so you give them permissions. So it Oh, just, wow. I never it, knew that. Yeah, and which was the thing that only uh, MCNs, multi-channel networks, could do um, or had access to, but nobody needs yeah. a multi-channel network right now. Um, that's the game right there on that. Somebody call you, say, be part of a multi-channel network. Tell them, man, I saw this podcast, this YouTube. I can't. I, it, it doesn't make sense to, to do at this point because YouTube has just changed the game. But also your Instagram you know, is, is popping as well. And, and I just want to know what filters you use on that because it's like every picture is a classic. <laughs> yeah. uh, my Instagram, I need to actually post more on there. I post a picture like once a month or uh, my filters. I use the Instagram filters. I just basically, uh, I use the filter. Then I, I guess, screenshot it and then filter it again. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's pretty simple. 
Okay. It's it's class. It might be the Tigers. It might be how you you put it together. But it's 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 a thing where I'm telling you, you got something there because brands. You know, when you think about trucking, you don't think about young folks. You don't think about fit folks. You don't think about folks who are going to show you the world. And there are other, you know, they're big trucking YouTube channels. But I just I haven't seen it like the way you you put it together and talking about even the ownership and being open about man, this is, uh, you know, this is a, a headache, you know? And I know sometimes yeah. in any business, folks can get down. And I tell you, you know, when you get down, I want you to turn around and be like, wait, hold on, look what I put together. And would I rather be working for that UPS, that Warner again, or would I rather be doing this? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, because I had to tell myself that when I decided to shut my company down after all the stuff that was going on, I was like, I could go back and be with one of these companies or I could just push through it. And I said, well, I'm going to just push through it because I can't, I can't work. I can't go back to what I was, what I'm, what I used to do because it's just not the same. Yeah. And and people don't, I mean, they're going to see you. And they're not going to pay you what you're worth. You know that because you're, you're, yeah. you're invaluable. And it's to the point where do I want to listen to anybody um, give, you know, when, when I know already the game, how can I, you know, how can I go back to being taught and spoken to like crazy? And, hey, you got to be here and you got to be there. So, I mean, you, you've created multiple streams, even with the YouTube, you know, that's a stream that can only grow. It just, it's on you. Besides. Yeah, that was my thing too. I had, uh, I got equipment now that I own. So it's like, I told myself, only thing I can do is just go forward. Yeah. Besides trucking (coughs) and travel, um, are there other businesses that you have or that you are looking to, you know, own? Uh, I have a car dealership too. That's actually what I was doing before I got into trucking. I had like a small dealership that I ran. I actually ran it out of my grandma's house. And um, from there, I ended up buying a small little lot. And uh, that's been basically another form of income for me. Because my grandma, she used to get pissed because I would have like six, seven cars parked at her house. And she'd be like, if you don't come move this, you know what? Get it out of my yard. It's making everything look ugly. And then the neighbors used to complain that all the cars was an eyesore to the neighborhood. And, yeah, it was crazy. And what city was that in? Uh, Pomona. Okay. Where's the entrepreneur spirit? Where do you get it from? Uh, My dad. Yeah, I get it from my dad because he he was in the military. But after the military, he got out because he was an air traffic controller. He got out and he became a diesel mechanic and just a regular mechanic. So he never worked for anybody after that. <clears throat> and he always told me that he can't do it. So I used to like in the summer times when I was little, I used to like go help him work on cars, help him basically pick cars up from the auction. He would pick them up from the auction, fix them up and then flip them. So that's kind of where I got the whole vibe of going to the auction and buying stuff from the auction was from him because he opened up my eyes to basically, well, this is where the car dealerships go to get their stuff. So why am I like he always told me never own or 
never deal with the middleman. If you can cut the middleman out, then that's where you'll make the real money. So that's why that's been like my whole logic of just business and everything else is cutting the middleman out. That's why I have my trucking company. Like I have a production company too that I make videos and stuff like that. Well, doing the videos and all that, I was like, well, let me be the dude that also supplies, like, because I used to do, like, car shows and bike shows. So I'm like, well, these people need cars. They need um, sound system, rims, you know, stuff that'll make them look good. Let me be the guy that they go to instead of going to all these different people. So I basically structured my business to basically cut the middleman completely out. I can give you the car, the rims, the sound system, everything all at once. And you can go to just one a one-stop shop. Oh, wow. So then I realized, well, how's all that getting to me is getting to me in trucks. So now let me look into the trucking industry and see what this is all about. How can I basically own my own trucks so then I can cut out shipping and I can ship my own stuff and pick my own stuff up? So then that way I got trucks. I got basically I'm just closing the loop. Then I was like, well, now you got brokers. Well, what's a broker? Let me look into that. So I started a brokerage to cut the broker out. So it's just, I don't believe in middleman business. So if I can cut them out, that's what I'm going to do. That's why a lot of people ask me, like, even with my brokerage, like, oh, well, why don't you give loads to people and stuff like that? Like I tell them, I never, I never built my brokerage to ship out loads and stuff. I kind of did it for my own company. And at the same time, the to steal customers from the big brokers. So it's. Now, do you see yourself, you know, with, with the brokerage and you cut the middleman out so you own it and folks want loads from you, do you think it's just putting in the right manager having, you know, and I say woman just because, you know, how it is to say, hey, <coughs> you know, maybe that next woman that you, you deal with to say, now this is, I'm going to show you the game. So you can, you know, always eat. Um, could you see yourself just putting someone like that? You know, woman, cousin, somebody trustworthy inside your circle already. Yeah, yeah. That's what I told myself I'm going to do. Because it's like, I want to grow and I want to be able to supply loads to like drivers and everything else. But at the same time, I got to have the somebody like basically the backbone to help support that. Cause I can't run everything all by myself. Nah, it's, 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 it's impossible. I, I have multiple businesses and it's impossible to do it all yourself. Um, even for our influencers, people say, man, Kellen, I heard you get, you pay, you get paid more than some YouTubers get paid. Um, and, and I said, well, it depends how big your operation is. You know what I mean? And if you have an operation that needs consulting and management, then people have to pay to have it grow. And that's what we do. And, and so, you know, you find those people so you can grow and so you can really sit back because it, it's nothing like being able to um, hire other people and influence their life in a positive way. And I like the least of these personally. Um, we have a new healthcare business coming out by the end of June. It's, it's here, but we won't start it till the end of June when we relocate to Florida. And that thing, I can find people who are from coming out of jail to uh, coming out of high school with low skills and be able to give them a job and teach them. And that's the, for me, 
it's about the least of these. You know, you don't have to be highly skilled to be a driver, but you got to have common sense. The same thing in, in certain healthcare um, positions. You got to just have common sense and we'll give you a chance. That's, but that's a, a, a thing for me in my life, giving folks a chance like I've been given a chance. Yeah. So, so I like to ask every guest, what is their community give back that they are doing or that they want to do in the future? Uh, what I want to do in the future, I have a, uh, I want to start a nonprofit. I got the business structured. I just don't have it basically on the ground yet, but <clears throat> I want to start a nonprofit called 2819. That's why like my name, you'll see like 2819 and a whole lot of things that I, I have, like my Instagram, uh, my Snapchat, uh, all tagging on Facebook and stuff like that. <clears throat> and it's basically, um, it's a part of, uh, it's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's basically where God went out and said, he told his disciples that, you know, he would, um, for them to go out and spread the gospel and he would, he would basically have their back. So I took that and put my own spin on it was I'm basically going to be teaching people, you know, the game on being an entrepreneur and just how to have fun with it, with God basically having my back throughout the whole process. So with my nonprofit, I'm basically going to be um, just giving back to the community. Don't really know how yet, but that's like, you know, something that I've been thinking about in the future with everything that I got going on. All my businesses could basically contribute to the nonprofit and I could give back to the community some way, somehow. Man, I, 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 I can see it. I can see it. And sometimes that give back, people talk nonprofit and people talk give back and they don't think that they can make a profit because there are nonprofits that make a profit. You got to have a, a CPA that handles all that and explain that. We're not giving, you know, that legal advice. But, you know, um, with that, you can give so much, even if I'm just thinking off the top, how you could have a trucking school showing people this is how you can get into trucking why not you you know there's there's a hundred of them out there but also working with um working with you know the the, the unemployment offices and even the high schools because everybody should not go to college I, um, college is a beautiful thing i went it, it was a beautiful thing but i can say <laughs> a lot of most of what i do college didn't teach me this you know so i, I love yeah, that's that that's true I went to college too, and it's like if I, what I know now, man, I probably wouldn't have went to college. Yeah, in hindsight, don't get me wrong, college yeah. is cool. Yeah, college is cool. It's just that when you go to college, and I remember working for the state of Texas, and <clears throat> thinking I'm, you know, all these titles and whatever, and then life turns upside down, and I go into trucking, and I'm meeting people who are 22 who own their own homes because they've been working in this oil field, making over 10 grand a month, working two weeks on, two off. And I'm like, hold on, where were you? I didn't get this memo when I was in high school. So, you know, and it depends what you do with your money. A lot of folks trick their money off. So it's just, you know. Yeah, I did that when I was younger. Yeah, but you, you also, you know, have bought, 
cash multiple trucks. And I know somebody will hear this and say, well, where do you get the money and, and, and how did it happen? But savings and there's SBA loans too, but I didn't hear you say loans. I see you with cash money. So yeah, I pay cash. It's just cause I'm real. A lot of people think like I'm real, like, how can you say it? I ball on a budget. Like I'm really good with saving and I know how to move money. So it's like, I'd rather pay. I have credit. I mean, I have a credit card that I call the devil because it, it, it's the devil. Like, whatever I spend on it, I got to pay it back in 30 days and it has no limit. So it's just like, that's like, and if I'm in dire straits, I'll swipe it. But I don't like using my credit. I'd rather pay cash because I just feel like my credit's for emergencies. And for me, I like, I, I just like saving money. I save money and I just know how to budget and manage it so and not everybody knows how to do that so that might be part of uh the 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 courses and 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 what you do just showing them that just kind of like if you ever watch dave ramsey his envelope system is not rocket science but it's worked for tens of thousands if not more of people so you got something that i want people to go see still hogging uh still boss hogging um TV. All the links are going to be in the description box, people. I want you to check it out to get more of the game. Make sure you, you subscribe and follow the brother and, you know, reach out to him with your educated questions. If you ask too many, that turns his consultant hat on and you know you got to pay for that. So, Brother, I, we're gonna talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk off air, but I want everyone to like, share, subscribe, and I want to thank you for coming on. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and AL. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.